Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. Today I'm joined by Mark Menton, the general manager at HealthSpark. How are you today? Great, Jared. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, happy to chat with you. I'm, I'm excited to, to learn, obviously, more about your background, and so is the audience, and then we can talk more about HealthSpark and some topics you and I wanted to kind of chat through today. So I love you. You just kick things off. Tell us a little bit about your background, and we'll go from there. Absolutely. Um, I've been in technology my whole career um, and got into healthcare in 2002. Um, it's an interesting story with a, a, a guy here in Dallas. I'm, ba I'm based in Dallas had a print company. And for the old people that have gray in their hair, like myself, you remember you started healthcare, you used to get a sign up for your health plan. You got a book, like a phone book of doctors, right? Um, and he had a business doing that. And I, we joined forces and, and moved that from a print-based business to a, a online search solution to help people find doctors um, and, and grew it. We, it was a bootstrap company. Um, and then realized that people needed more information, just name, phone number, address, um, to find a doctor. So started learning quality information. Um, and then we're getting into the cost transparency space uh, in the late 2000s, early 2010s. Um, at that point, we were looking to uh, grow the business and we're looking to bring on um, capital. And during that process, um, we were approached by HealthSpark, um, which was a company that grew out of, of Cambia up in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and instead of bringing on capital and growing the business, we were acquired by HealthSpark. So I joined HealthSpark uh, in 2014. Um, and we, we grew the business. We're over 55 health plans now um, that, that we serve. Um, but then as we were looking at what the next, you know, what was the next growth phase for HealthSpark and what was the best way to unlock our potential um, and began having conversations with, with Kairos, who serves the health system um, market. Um, so Graham Gardner, the CEO of, of uh, Kairos and myself started having conversations about what it would look like um, to come together. Um, our cultures were very much aligned. Our missions were very much aligned. It felt right. Um, and so we announced in April this year, we were required by Kairos. And so today we're, we're still very focused on health plan business, um, but we have this really unique opportunity where we have a health system and health plan view of the world and how do we connect those together. And so that's what we're looking to, to do here um, near term. Yeah, and actually right around the time that acquisition happened, I spoke with Dr. Gosby, the chief medical officer there. And now since we mentioned her name, we can tag her in it. So she'll get a <laughs> notification for this, whether she wants it or not, which is fun. Uh, sorry, uh, Dr. Gosby uh, in advance. But uh, yeah, so that, that was super interesting when she was talking through like the reasons behind that acquisition and why it makes, it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, especially, you know, just kind of the, the, it's funny though, how it all ties back now to having you on here and you were in, you were involved in that first episode, as far as when we were talking about health spark, but I, I want to switch focus now for those that you gave us a good overview of health spark a little bit, but if it's okay with you, I'd like to focus on three bits just so we can kind of segment why, how, what you don't have to go through all of them, but I asked that question to every single guest. So I want to stay uh, with the tradition of doing that. And then there's really two core things you and I want to discuss here today. And we'll go into that after that. Yep. I mean, so when I think about why HealthSpark, um, we are very much a mission-driven company. And it's really to help, about helping people make smarter healthcare choices. Um, and, and doing that, it's interesting. We were founded within a health plan. So the, again, Cambia owns a Blue Cross Blue Shield licensee in the, in the Pacific Northwest. And they had a belief that people had the right to access information and to have the information available to make smarter choices. Um, and so that's really what HealthSpark is all about, is how do we help people understand their, their options in healthcare? And that's both from a, a accessibility, um, availability, 
cost and quality aspect and how do we bring all that information together into a, to a user interface that really helps guide people to find the right provider. Um, and we do that through a, a core platform we call HealthSpark One, but it's really two, two core pieces of functionality are find a doctor and then cost transparency. And um, the find a doctor piece, everybody's familiar with, you go on your website, your health plan's website. I need to see, is my doctor in network or my child um, got allergies? I need to find an allergist um, around me. So that, that's, that's one component, but the cost transparency piece is, is really more of a personalized experience for health plan members. And it's really obviously with the, the Transparency and Care Act um, and the No Surprise Act is really taking a front and center role with our business today. But it's really taking claims information about the, the provider network and being able to say, as, as myself, I'm logging in based on my benefits, based on my deductible in real time. If I'm going to go get an MRI, I can compare locations, facilities, and, and see they could cost between $500 and $2,500. And I know before I go see a doctor or before I have something done, what that means to me as a, as a, as a health plan member, as a consumer of healthcare. And we're, we're, that, that's really what we're all about is how do we help people understand what their options are and not just in a general standpoint, but a very personalized experience based on your benefits in real time where you are in your deductible. And so that's, that's what we offer for health plans. So again, our clients are health plans. Um, we serve from national brands down to, you know, we have local um, and regional uh, clients as well. Um, but we're a white label tool. You'll never see the name HealthSpark on, on a solution. We're white labeled because we know that we're part of a broader experience that health plans are creating. And we have to fit into that user experience from a broader scale. So we provide white labeled solutions that empower guidance for members. Thank you for sharing that, Mark. That's super helpful. I know the audience will, will enjoy listening to that as well. Uh, one thing that you and I wanted to talk about today is a recent uh, consumer uh, consumer research that HealthSparks conducted on discrimination in healthcare. Can you talk through some of the findings of that with uh, myself and the audience, and uh, then we'll kind of dive into that a little bit? Right. Well, I, I don't think it's any surprise that um, there's an equity problem in healthcare. Um, and we've actually, as a company, HealthSpark has been working. I mean, we, we do what we can, right? It's a big problem. Um, HealthSpark's not here to solve that problem, but we, we're, we're doing what we can. Um, and even preceding the, the survey, um, the, I think what's the research we've done, as a general, when we're in front of conferences or even in our own client summits, we always have what we call a patient panel, right? So we bring people from the communities that we're in to talk about their experiences with, with healthcare. And we try to expose our, our health plan clients to, these are the real people and the real problems that they're having um, trying to access healthcare, right? And understand this, this complex world we live in. But I think the, the findings are, are really not a surprise when you think about people wanna find providers that they trust, that they can communicate with, and they don't have a, a sense of, I'm going to be discriminated against because of my, my race, my ethnicity, my sexual orientation, um, but we do find that, that people, that is a legitimate fear, right? Uh, and so, and what's, what was most concerning is it's, it's a fear that can also create a barrier to going to receive care. So it's, it's not necessarily just, I'm going to be discriminated against, it's I'm gonna avoid that by not actually getting the care that I potentially need. So that, that, that was probably um, the most interesting part of it is how do we help people find providers that they, tr they can trust um, and a big part of that is obviously language is spoken. So, I mean, if I can't communicate with, with my provider, 
it's probably not going to be a good outcome for myself and, and, and the provider is going to be challenged to, to um, communicate with, with the patient. Um, and it's actually a really exciting part about what we're bringing with Kairos is Kairos has really robust, rich data on providers that the health plans don't have today. Um, and we actually have one health plan where we integrated Kairos data and had over 80% of providers added languages spoken from the Kairos data that the health plan members didn't have access to before. So you can think in one area of Pennsylvania where there's a, a, a large Chinese population. There were two providers that showed up that spoke Mandarin on the health plan's website. We added the Kairos data and we had 79 providers. So there's, it's really robust information like that that can really help people find the right provider. And I think that the other interesting thing is it also varies based on whether I'm looking for my, a primary care doctor or a specialist. Um, what we saw, see in the data is that when I'm looking for a, a primary care doctor, that's really, we, we joke from a um, user experience standpoint, that it's more like match.com, right, than Google. It's like, I need to understand more about the, the doctor because that's a relationship I'm creating. I, I, it's, I need to know this person, I need to trust this provider. And so things like philosophies of care, um, patients I treat, people like you, um, that that's a that's a big deal for for people and to be able to know that ahead of time and be able to have confidence I'm going to see a doctor that I can a communicate with and b I know that they treat people like me is a is a big is a big deal and we're not we haven't so completely solved that problem yet but having access to that information and making sure that that data is available to people um, we think is is absolutely critical because again we don't want people avoiding care just because of a fear and right and nobody should fear going to see a provider but we know that it's there we have to lean into that and work with our health plans on how can we make data available that can alleviate that fear and ensure people are getting the care that they deserve absolutely well what's what's interesting too when you talk about health equity um one of our they come on quite a bit but one of our uh close relationships with chen med Right, and this is something their CEO and the rest of their team members are always talking about. Um, I feel like people are talking about it a lot more today, like maybe even like over the last two to three years uh, than, than I used to hear about it in the past, but that doesn't mean it wasn't a problem two to three years ago, right? We're just talking about it more now. Uh, but I think we're actually, like you were saying, it's finally, we're starting to, that's what data is there for, right? We analyze that information to make better decisions and be able to provide better layers of care to um, those different population types, um, no matter what it is, right? Whether it's orientation, gender, race, et cetera. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm glad that there's companies like HealthSpark and, and obviously Kairos that are, are helping in, in not only that area, but other uh, similar areas. So that's super helpful. Right, and it, it, it's... I think really the groundswell when you think about what happened in 2020 with all the, the racial uprising and injustice that was was protesting about, I, I think it really lit a spark with um, our health plan clients too, to say, we've got to do something about this. And so I think that the good thing is there's intent now behind it and there's investment behind it. Um, and so I think we'll, we'll be able to start chipping away at, at some of these issues that to really, again, it's all about making sure people understand what their options are and feel safe going, going to get care. Yeah, and, and that's what data allows us to, to do, right? Without, with, if we didn't have the data, the as robust data as we do today, helping to kind of streamline those different processes of allowing them to get the care that they need with the providers that they should be dealing with, right? Like you were talking about the language. Right. Um, it's crazy to see some of the outdated information that still exists 
And uh, super thankful for companies like yourself and Kairos for putting that extra layer of information on top of it so that uh, patients can make better decisions about their own care as well. So that's super interesting to me. Uh, another thing I wanted to go through with you today, Mark, was kind of talking, kind of uh, going off of this a little bit, but still a little different topic. In your, your uh, opinion, what steps can healthcare organizations take to facilitate trusting relationships between both patients and providers? And if whoever's watching, my hands are moving. I'm Italian, so you'll see my hands kind of go all over the place here. But uh, sorry, Mark, you can go. I, I'm, I'm generally the same way. No, I mean, I think trust is, is critical. I mean, whether you're talking about equity and care, but just health plans generally um it's it's a challenge for them to to gain the trust of members because they're the kind of the financial instrument um people tend to trust their providers i think the way i look at it is and it, it goes back we can tie it back to data um there's when if i'm a member a patient a consumer i'm a person trying to get health care if i'm getting different answers from different people about what's available to me how much this is going to cost um what does quality mean then I'm, then I'm A, confused, right? And then B, I don't, who do I trust? Because my health plan tells me one thing and my provider's telling me something different. So we, we believe that freeing up the data um, is gonna actually help create trust because we believe no matter where you access the information, whether you start at your health plan, you start at your provider, or you could start at Google, we believe that all that information should be available to you as a, as a consumer of healthcare and it should be consistent. Um, and I think that's probably the foundation upon which trust is going to be built is that when I ask a question, I get the same answer, regardless of who I ask it of, um, whether it's, again, what are my options for who I can see, how much is it going to cost me, um, what does this look like from a quality and outcomes perspective, we've got to make sure that there's consistent data and information available to people um, before they're going to trust you, because right now, why would I trust healthcare because I get different answers from different people. Yeah, you're hundred percent right. Um, it's uh, you, when you're getting all these different answers from different people, it becomes hard to make decisions about about your care. Um, and uh, we're we're gonna see like this. This is what really excites me. Pandemic was horrible, right? But I've seen more digital health innovation over the last like twelve months than probably the last like five years. Uh, and it seems like it is not only like the hottest space to be in, but the most exciting space to be in. And most of these companies, not all, have both, you know, obviously they're, they're going to go up in value and be able to, to drive revenue. But also, out of a, you know, outside of a lot of other spaces, when you're dealing in digital health, you're also going to do some good for the patients. And I feel like other industries don't get that level of like, you're, you're making money, but you're also hopefully driving some positive change in healthcare. This is something uh, I talk with uh, through Nick Desai, the, the founder of healthcare and the, the CEO and founder of uh, Here and A. Him and I always talk about this, how it's amazing. You see how much money gets invested into healthcare in the past, but why, why aren't we seeing the cost get lowered? Why aren't we seeing it get easier? I think with the new batch of companies you're seeing and the companies like HealthSpark and Kairos, that you're that we're starting to do both. It's not just one or the other, it's both. Yeah, I think, and we have to, right? I mean, well, I, I, that's another joke I have is, we say it's an unsustainable system, um, or unsustainable market, yet it keeps sustaining itself. So it's kind of one of those things where it, um, we have to make a, an impact on the cost and, and I say cost and quality. And I think that when you talk about digital health, um, it also it addresses equity as well, where 
access to care. If I can just text somebody and I, I get a, I can get a clinical answer via text versus having to get on a on a bus and go across town to find a doctor. Um, I mean, there's a lot of good that's going to come from, like you said, the, the the lockdowns really force people to think creatively, and even real traditional providers are trying to figure out how they deliver care virtually. Um, so I, I think that we've seen a tipping point finally with with digital care kind of coming to the to the center to the main stage of, of healthcare, and I think it's going to add um, availability. Um, accessibility, but also better outcomes and, and quality. And again, it's, it's distributed evenly or, or more equally, right? Than where you have certain pockets of centers of excellence of healthcare, where it might be limited where, how to get to it. With digital, anybody can have access to it. So I think that it's a, it's a really exciting time to be doing what we're doing. But I agree with what you said, bending the cost curve has to be part of the equation. Um, and I think if we don't do that, then, then we're not solving the core problem. No, then we're just building lots of new companies that don't actually help. Um, yeah. Anyway, He's in the but, balloon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, uh, Mark, I, I hope we can have you on again uh, soon because I had a, a lot of fun chatting with you today. I want to thank you again for being a guest and uh, wish you and HealthSpark the best of luck with everything. Awesome. Thanks, Jared. Had a great time. Thank you to everyone that listened to this week's episode of the Slice of Healthcare podcast. If you'd like to check out more of our podcasts, we're available on all the major podcast channels. And you can check us out on our website, www.sliceofhealthcare.com. And that'll have all of our past guests on there. Uh, You can see our sponsors and you can learn more about actually becoming a guest. Thanks and look forward to another episode next week.